Before we get started today, I wanted to let you in on a little something I've been working on over the past five or six months. For parents of teenagers, there's a lot of pressure and confusion around getting them ready for life beyond high school, whether that's college or something else. So many options to consider, so much to know about college prep and admissions, and crucial development that needs to happen in students' lives during this time. Well, it would be fantastic if every parent could hire a one-on-one consultant or counselor to walk them through the junior high and high school years, but that's just not financially viable for most people. So I'm putting together digital courses designed to walk you through everything I think you need to know. I spent 10 years in academic advising at two different universities, and that experience gave me a lot of insight into how parents navigate the teen years well and some of the pitfalls they may encounter. These digital courses are designed to pass on that experience to you in an affordable, go-at-your-own-pace format that you can go back to over and over again as you reach new milestones. They are still in the works, but if it's something you're interested in learning more about when they're ready to go, the best thing you can do is join my email list. I'll put the link in the show notes below so that you can do that easily. And if there's anything you really like for me to cover in these courses, please feel free to let me know. Your questions help me stay relevant. So that's the big news. So excited to share it with you today. But let's get to the episode. You're listening to the Strategic College and Career Planning Podcast. As a parent of a high schooler, you are the perfect person to prepare and guide him or her through decisions about college selection, taking college credit in high school, deciding on a major, and actually thriving in the post-high school experience. But in my experience working in higher education, I found too many parents and students are overwhelmed by their options, confused about how to achieve their goals, and lack hope for their future. My name is Leah Smith, and I'm bound and determined to enable young people to find and achieve their calling and help high school families make wise decisions in pursuit of their educational, vocational, and financial goals. Through bite-sized episodes covering a wide variety of college and career topics, we'll cut through the mystery and set you up to make great decisions. Welcome to the podcast. week we are going to start at least a two-week series on college credit in high school. So AP, IB, and dual credit classes have swept through American high schools like a tidal wave in the last decade. When I was in high school, these programs were around, but as far as I knew, the majority of students didn't bring credit for these classes into college with them. As an academic advisor, I watched the number of students bringing in credit as freshmen grow and grow until the majority of students started college with at least a couple classes under their belt already. Now it can be easy from my perspective as an advisor or from students and parents' perspective to feel like everyone is taking some kind of college credit while they're in high school. I can assure you that that this is not the case. There have always been plenty of students who are starting college from, from the beginning, from ground zero, but that's not the majority anymore. I don't have specific numbers on this, so this is more anecdotal experience, but a healthy percentage of students are still starting college with zero credit. 
Now, for a lot of students, these classes were helpful, but I'm concerned that as they've taken the world by storm, they've become the default rather than an option to be carefully considered. I've also been concerned by the embarrassment and or stress college students who don't have that kind of credit experience when they enter college. So if you're considering these options for your student, I'd like to encourage you to consider a few things. So today we're going to talk about why exactly you might be interested in these classes or what the purpose of them can be. If you have options, how to decide which option is the best for you and your student, and then some common pitfalls uh, when you're making decisions about college credit in high school. Next week, we'll talk more about making sure you're choosing the right classes. And then if we have some more things that come up, I might extend this to a third week. But we'll start here and see how it goes. So going back to the first point, why exactly are you interested in these classes? From my perspective, I think there are multiple reasons why AP, IB, or dual credit or CLEP credit potentially, that one we don't see quite as much, but especially for our homeschooling families, CLEP can be a really good option. So why are these classes helpful or at least something to consider? Well, I believe the most rational and productive reason why a student in high school would take those classes is to give an extra challenge to gifted and talented students or and or to keep students interested who would otherwise get a little bit bored in high school. We know that these classes along with honors classes are going to be more challenging than just normal classes and so if you have a student who is just uninspired by a run-of-the-mill high school level course, then this could be a really good option to keep them more engaged. Another good reason is to save money in the long run. So this takes a lot of strategy and a lot of planning, but you can use these courses to help your student finish college earlier. And if that's something that is important to you, then go for it. Now again, this takes a lot of planning and I've seen way too many parents and students think that they are taking the right courses to allow them to graduate early only to find out when they get to college that they took the wrong classes. So make sure you're making informed decisions here. But if this is a difference for you between your student going to say their dream school or just going to a you know regional state university to get their degree as cheaply as possible, then it could be a really, really good option. You might not care about your student graduating early, so if you're taking these courses, it could be for some other reasons, but I do find this one of the most practical reasons to take college credit in high school. The other reason, or another reason, is to help your student build their college application. What I've heard from university admission representatives is that they will look at what a student does with the opportunities that are available to them in high school. So this is helpful because it means that they're not going to uh, grade or evaluate a student who comes from, say, a rural high school that doesn't have very many opportunities in terms of AP or dual credit compared to a student in a wealthy suburban um, high school that has a lot of AP and dual dual credit. They're not going to look at those two students the same way. Instead, they're going to look at 
did these students make the most of the opportunities that they had? So this means if your student is in a high school that has a lot of AP and dual credit, if they don't take those AP classes or IB classes, it's possible that an admission department will look at them and wonder why not. And that's not the question you want them to be asking. On the flip side, if your student is at a high school that doesn't have the same opportunities, maybe they just have a couple or a handful of AP classes, if your student takes all of those AP classes to an admission representative, that's going to look like, oh, they made the most of the opportunities that they had, and that's going to look good. Now, this is tricky. Just because the opportunities are available doesn't mean that it's in your student's best interest, but especially if they're looking to get into a more selective college or university, this is something that you need to keep in mind. Every school and their admission process is going to be slightly different, but there's enough consistency uh, in the United States at this point to say, if you want to make your your child's college application look good, then AP, IB, dual credit could be a way to help do that. Another reason is to give your child more opportunities in college. If they bring in, let's say they bring in 15 credits of uh, AP or dual credit or IB credit, they could open the door for themselves to still stay there for years, but now they have 15 additional credits to work with a little bit more leeway or flexibility, and that could be a great place to fit in an extra minor that they wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. Or I see some folks take a lighter load every semester because they can, or this makes it easier for your student to study abroad or do a semester-long internship if they wanted to take advantage of that kind of program. So it can give them uh, more opportunities while they are in college. And it can also spare them harder classes while they're in college. This is really tricky. You have to you have to play your cards really well here. But let's say your student doesn't like math and, and they know they're not very good at it and you know they're not very good at it. It's not their favorite thing. And, and this is really important, and they're going into a major that doesn't require math or at least as a upper level math. Now, most schools are going to require at least one math class for pretty much any major. So you know you're going to need to get at least one math class done. But it could be in your student's best interest to get that math class done when they have your support living at home. And and potentially it's an easier, less challenging course than it would be in college at their four-year institution. So that can be a strategic plan. Now, I don't love this because for a few different reasons, we'll talk about this more in a second when we talk about the common pitfalls or mistakes that people make when it comes to dual credit and AP credit. But one of my concerns here is we don't want to always be rescuing our kids out of difficult situations. So you really have to be careful. I think sometimes it can be a wise thing to just say, we're not even going to mess with that. Let's just get this math class done so that you don't have to worry about that. And you can focus on your other classes while you're in college because you know that if they have a math class, it's really going to derail your their other classes. If that's the case, then that's great. But I'm hesitant to support the idea 
of trying to get your student out of any situation that's going to be difficult for them. So just something to keep in mind, think through. So if you have options, how do you decide which one is the best? A lot of schools are going to have both dual credit and AP credit. Other schools are going to have IB credit and potentially dual credit. I don't think I've ever seen a high school that has both IB and AP, although they could be out there. And then, of course, uh, we have CLEP as well. There's a few things that make these options uh, unique or give you some some things to think about. So dual credit, what I find for dual credit is that this is more of a guarantee college credit. If your goal is for your student to graduate from college early, I would go with dual credit because most schools, if they if they accept dual credit, they're going to be looking for a C or higher typically. Now, every school is different and this is, I can't stress this enough, every college or university is different. So you need to do your research here, but as a general rule, we can come at this assuming that if a college or university accepts dual credit, which many of them do, they're looking for a C or higher. Now, if your student is a good student, which my guess is that they are, if you're listening to this podcast, they are, then they can probably pretty easily get a C or better in a dual credit course. So this is a really easy way to guarantee that they will earn that college credit and be able to transfer it into a college or university. Again, I'm going to say this again, just to be really clear, everything depends on the university that they go to and requirements and opportunities might change based on their major. So just really important that you're doing your research here. Now, AP credit is, I find this a little bit more common than anything else. Again, I don't have stats on this. This is more anecdotal, but AP might be the thing that is available to you. And if that's the case, then that's great. I like AP for the sake of the first reason that I shared, for the sake of giving your student a more challenging, interesting, more college prep experience in high school. I think AP is great. But what I have found is that those AP exams that your student must take at the end of the semester are pretty difficult and colleges tend to require a pretty high score and every school is different. So again, you got to do your research here. But as a general rule, I would say your student needs to be aiming for a four or five on those AP exams. And depending on the exam, those can be really hard scores to get. So it's very possible, especially if your student isn't the world's best test taker, it's very possible that they would do well in the class, but not do well on the exam, in which case they wouldn't get the college credit. So you can see why I prefer dual credit if you want a guarantee. AP is never going to be guaranteed credit because they have to take the exam and score well on that exam. So if it's the option you have, it could be a great option. If your priority is to give your student a well-rounded experience in high school, it's a great option. If you are trying to build up their college application, it's a great option. But if you want guaranteed college credit, it's not the best option. IB. So IB is not nearly as common as AP is. I I ask students a lot about 
when they come in uh, to meet with me for the first time or when they came in to meet with me for the first time as an advisor, I would ask them, do you have any dual credit? Do you have any AP credit? Do you have any IB credit? And when I got to IB, they would look at me like, deer in the headlights. And I'd say, well, if you don't know what that means, it means you did not take it. So IB, not nearly as popular as AP and dual credit. Typically, everybody knows what AP and dual credit is. IB is only offered at a select school. It stands for International Baccalaureate. So if you happen to be international or you are living overseas at this point and your, and your student is going to an international high school, then it's honestly more common to see it overseas, but still not, you're not, we're not going to see it as much as AP or dual credit at a, at coming into a U.S. university. Now, because it's not as common, I don't have quite as much experience with IB. But what I will say I've gathered from the high school experience, again, very challenging. So if you're trying to give your student more of a rigorous, interesting college prep experience in high school, IB can be a really good option for that. But I worry about students having a life if they are in an IB program. So an IB program is gonna require them to take a specific number of IB classes and and stick with it. It doesn't have the same flexibility as dual credit or AP credit does, at least this is my understanding. So when your student commits to that, it can be a lot of work and it's important Number one, for your students' well-being, that they have things outside of school that they are invested in. It's also really important for their college application that they have uh, they have examples of ways that they have been involved in their community outside of their curricular experience. So I'd, I think it's a really good program, but just, uh, again, just more things to think about. Okay, well, no surprise, I have talked a little bit longer than I thought I was going to. So we're going to push pause right here, and next week I'll come back to the common pitfalls that I see when people are making decisions about college credit in high school. And then the week after that, we'll talk about how to make sure you are making wise decisions when it comes to your student's college credit. Thanks so much for listening. I hope this was helpful. And if you need any uh, additional support, if you'd like to talk about these uh, decisions that you're making regarding college credit, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I would love to help you make the best decisions for you and your child. Thanks so much for listening today. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and leave a kind rating and review so more families find this information and encouragement. I hope you found this episode helpful. Just wanted to let you know that we can make much more progress through personal coaching. Please check out my website at callingandcollegiateconsulting.com to continue the conversation and learn more about coaching opportunities for you and your child. I'll be sure to include a link to my website in the show notes below. So much is possible for your student, but very little just happens. I'm excited to help you strategically plan for their future.